0: First, I want to um, just kind of say thank you uh, to you guys here and to you guys online that have been giving. Uh, We appreciate that so much. Uh, For Grace Church, I don't know if, you know, right now it's kind of weird with COVID, you don't get to come and see and all that stuff, but there's a lot of cool things that are happening here. Um, Obviously, it does the practical things, you know, keeping the lights on, keeping salaries paid and stuff, but there is a movement that is taking place, um, and I'm so excited. Uh, to get to be able to share that with you guys here in the next coming months of what we're going to be doing with that Um, but you're going to start seeing some physical things start taking shape uh, here on the campus so that's exciting so thank you so much for giving Um, and we just continue to encourage you just continue to give Um, I get the awesome pleasure of transitioning from the giving segment which is normally where I leave the stage to actually getting to share the message with you guys tonight um, PD, yeah. Thank you. That one person. Woo! See that hand? Uh, PD is getting to take some rest, um, and I get to bring week three to you guys tonight um, on the um, series title is Church for the Tired People. I want to make sure I, I bolded that so I wouldn't mess it up. That's what he's got going. But I've also got a twist on it, guys, because I've kind of got like a subtitle that I'm going to bring with it tonight. Uh, For you guys that don't know me, especially if you're online, you're tuning in, you're viewing us, um, my name is Jason Kimes. I am uh, an elder here at church. I am the men's pastor here at church, or men's leader. That pastor word carries a lot of connotation to it whenever you say that, so I have to use that loosely. Uh, But I I basically spend a lot of time online uh, consistently Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. I have a blog here for the Grace Church men. That I get up every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, spend time in meditation with God, and just to see what's happening. A lot of times, those guys they receive from me what I'm going through in my personal journey with Christ. Um, a lot of times, it's just me sharing, being real, being intimate, being vulnerable with them. And I'll be honest, I get a lot more feedback than what I thought I was going to get whenever I started this thing. Um, My personal journey with Christ, you get to see it. Uh, I'm a body type, so my body actually shows usually everything that I'm going through. Um, My wife, my son, my mother-in-law, I even see some people that we have in our table group. They get to experience that firsthand. So whenever Jason is going through something, usually everybody else in his sphere knows it and they see it coming. It can be a wrecking ball. It can be... um, calm, soothing. It can be, um, it, it's a mess. I'll be honest with you. Um, but that's what these guys get. These guys are the filter for me. They allow me to, to pour out of what Christ has got going in me. And so whenever PD asked me, he's like, hey, do you, uh, you want to speak? I was like, absolutely. Um, I thought I was going to be really timid. I thought I was going to be anxious and it started out that way on Monday. I had so much content. I was trying to figure out how I'm going to condense this down because I would have you guys here until the you know, wee hours of the next morning. And so I started getting anxious. By Monday, my wife asked me. She's like, hey, how's it going? I was like, I'm really anxious. I'm really anxious. And um, by yesterday, I started kind of getting a calm. And what it was is it was, I was listening to Praise and Worship, And that's where I go to kind of center myself. And when I turned on the radio, you're going to get to hear the song uh, later tonight. It just happens to be on Miss Jenny's cue of what she's going to be singing. And it just kind of just brought me down. It allowed me just to find that centeredness. I was able to take a couple deep breaths, remember that my God was sustaining me, my God would allow this to happen. And then he gave me this visual. And it's just like sitting in a coffee shop sitting here, chilling, relaxing, getting to talk to you guys. It's not that I have to change the world. It's not that I'm going to make some monumental tasks tonight. It's not that I'm climbing Mount Everest tonight. I'm literally getting to share with you guys what God has placed inside of me. So it's my honor to be able to share with you guys what God has given me. All right? So way I want to start this is I want to kind of share with you guys on a, a little trip that me and my family just took. We went and we were able to do some whitewater rafting on the Arkansas River. Aiden's like, yes, he was there. He was there. Um, it was on that trip that it was preparing me for this sermon and I didn't even know it. So what we, the big thing for the trip was the kids, Aiden and Emberly and Zoe, they were all about like, hey, let's use the same company that we used the previous year that we went on and we want the same god and they called him water jesus it was like yeah water jesus because he looks just like the stereotypical kids children book of what jesus would look like right and so my kids, I mean, he was fantastic, phenomenal guide. He was lighthearted. He was very informative, very good with us all. Uh, it, when we needed to get serious, he could get serious. But in the same sense, uh, he kept us calm. He would just kind of introduced us to the, the sights and sounds and, you know, what's going on. And so he, I mean, he built this huge monument task for this poor soul that we ended up getting this year for our guide. And he was nothing like water Jesus, I'll be honest with you. My kids were so let down. I mean, we're in the boat maybe two minutes, and the guy is, hey, that's all we got. There's no stories. There's no background. And so I thought, all right, we'll be fine. We're going to make this. And Tia, in her body type, she's the one that she wants everybody to have fun. So she's kind of like chattering up the guy, and she's getting nothing back. And I'm like, if Tia can't get this guy to chatter, there's no way I'm speaking. So at this point, we're just rolling down the river, right? He tells us where the big rapids are coming, but he tells us nothing about the scenery. Now, he doesn't know that we just came the previous year and that we knew all this. So we're like, I just keep waiting. Like, surely to goodness, he's going to tell us about this rock or about this, that water Jesus told us about, Right. So this guide that we had this year, he's taking us down the same stretch of the river that we had already been down, but he's so less personal. He's so less informative. Now, he did tell us when the big rapids are coming ahead, but there was no relationship in between the big points in life. Now, where I'm transitioning is there's all kinds of guides in this world that will take you down this relationship of Christ. And if you've been listening to Pastor D for the last 2 months, that's what he's been talking about from the same point. There's lots of guides out there. There's lots of pastors, there's lots of preachers that are out there. And they're going to give you some type of Christian gospel from their stage. But what we're trying to do here is a little bit more intimate. And so the coffee shop picture that I got is just perfect for what we have tonight. It's just me talking and sharing what's going on with me. And I'm hoping that whenever you get up tonight, or you guys are seeing, that you guys will walk away with it and be like, you know what? There's something in there. I want to find it. So let's get started. Let's dive in. So the word deconstruction in church, you don't hear that much. But let me give you what it means in our terminology. It's the chipping away of things in your life that you have believed to be true that are not. Now, if you've been in church at any time whatsoever, there's probably some things that you would like to offload that you have received, one way or the other, whether it be good or whether it be bad. I was brought up in a very charismatic church uh, all my life. I had that drug problem, right? We were drugged to church all the time, which is not a, a bad thing now that I'm looking back at it. I mean, we're doing less and less church as it is right now, especially with COVID going on. And so I look back in my childhood, and I really appreciate all the time that I spent in church. Um, in those settings, we experienced a lot of moves of Christ, whether it be in uh, you know praying to the north, the east, the south, and the west. Tia always loved that. Um, whether it be the tambourine lady that, or the you know out in the side or whatever it was, we received, I have received so many different forms of worship, of theology, of praise and worship, all of that stuff. So, in deconstruction, what you do is you start looking at some of that stuff. And you start wondering through a filter of, is that something that I need? Is there, what is in there? And you start looking at it. And so that's where the chipping away comes. There's some things that man had brought, whether it be to get you to give or whatever the motive was behind it, but most of the things that are in there are good. And so what I'm actually going to do, this is my favorite thing that I always enjoyed whenever I got to go to church, um, whenever I was younger and get to sit in here with all the, the big church, Right. And that was the illustrated sermons. I mean, can I get an amen for illustrated sermons? I loved illustrated sermons. That's whenever I would actually focus and be like, all right, bring it, dude. Let's see what you got. Other than that, I'm tuning him out. Well, tonight I've got an illustrated sermon. So follow me as I go over here and get my chair and my mirror. No, I was going to do both of them at the same time. But if I break the mirror in church on stage, what does that mean? nothing nothing come on stay with me here i'm just moving all right you're getting to see yourself all right my props are set up so i'm going to go to a verse pastor z will you put the verse up there if it's if you got it what this is is genesis 1 verses 26 through 28 It says, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge. Be responsible for the fish in the sea and birds in the air and for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. So it brings me to my subtitle, if you would. It's called The Value of You. And since I sent that to Pastor Z, I've been praying about this message. And I was like, Lord, is there anything that I'm missing? And he had me add um, five more words to that title. Where it says the value of you, he said, put finding the value of you in a distorted image finding the value of you in a distorted image i've got my mirror i'm standing in front of my mirror and i'm looking at myself now i asked my table group this uh last sunday or two sundays ago i asked them, preluding to this title or to this message i asked him i said what do you see whenever you look into a full-length mirror Typical answers, the women, first of all, uh, I see my wrinkles, I see, you know, everything that I don't want to see is what they see, right? And the men, I mean, the topic started, it switched quickly to men don't even see anything when they look in the mirror. I mean, they'd look in the mirror and it's like, there's nothing. It's just a void. They don't see anything. PZ's back there flexing. He sees guns and biceps is all he sees. So I said, no, that's, that's that's not accurate. That's not where I'm wanting to go. Now, if you know me, and most of you do, all of you do that are in here, but if you online, if you don't know me, I love to go deep into conversations. I will chase a rabbit hole down something till there is no bottom. The deeper it is, the deeper the topic, I'm all in. That's just who I am. I love that. Before you know it, I look around and there's nobody else but just me and God. And that's just where we're sitting. So when I asked this question about what do you see whenever you look in the mirror, I'm already halfway down the rabbit hole. And so as I hear these answers, what it's doing to me is it's like, oh, it's bringing me back to context. It's bringing me back to where most of us actually see when we look in the mirror. Now, the reason that I brought up this, uh, this verse is it says, let us make human beings in our image. Make them reflecting. If you're taking notes, make a, make a note on, underneath reflecting. Write that word down, reflecting. Our nature. Again, This is God saying in our nature. Didn't say in his image of what he looks like. And it does say image in in some of the other translations. But in Eugene Peterson's in the message, it says in our nature. And that's what I want to drive home tonight. The nature of God. What is the nature of God? God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. So when we look into the mirror, if we can take any time that we, that we can get alone, and just look in the mirror and stand back, what do you see? And continue to ask yourself that. What do I see when I look in this mirror? And I mean look deep. Don't look at surface level. The first thing I want you to realize that if I'm standing in front of this, this mirror right here, the reflection, if I stand away from the mirror and there's other reflections that is in the mirror, are any of them moving inside of the mirror? It's not a trick mirror. I bought it at Wally World for $50. It's not going anywhere. It's not one of those crazy mirrors. Is the image moving? Is the reflection of the image moving? Everybody's shaking their heads, no. Everybody online screaming at me. No, it's not. Okay, I got it. I hear you. Thank you. What I'm trying to drive is if we are reflecting God's nature, then we are the reflection in the mirror. So go with me on this. If he is the image bearer, and we are the reflection, and we all know that God is not moving, is the reflection moving? Now, I've got the goosebumps going all over this because I've been studying this for two weeks, and if y'all don't have it, then I'm going to say it one more time, especially online. If the reflection is not moving from the image, and we are the reflection of God's image, is God leaving? No, he's not. And so therefore, what we have to do is continue to look at that image to try to see what God sees. By doing that, that's where you start this deconstruction that I just talked about. So, number one, have you noticed how things look and feel different when you are tired? We've all been there, especially with COVID right now. We're all just exhausted. Everybody's ready for the kiddos to go back to school so I can just get a little bit of peace. I'm tired. When you're tired, things look differently. At 40 years of age right now, I require more sleep than I did whenever I was 20. At 20, I didn't really require any sleep, but I have now have an app on my phone that makes me go to bed at like 9.30. It starts beeping at me, and then I've got to have at least seven to eight hours of sleep, and so it tells me what a time I can wake up because I require that sleep. For me to mentally process and physically exist in this world, I have to have rest. Because whenever I look at things, whenever I'm tired, they're skewed. So when you're looking at this image right here and you're tired, there's going to be a lot of things that enter into your mind that are not correct. But if you're rested and you're full of joy, peace, sound mind, whenever we're reflection, when our reflection of the image bearer, Christ, we have all of those pure things in us. We see things differently. Are you following me? Everybody tracking with me? All right. Everybody move your mask up and down, flap it so I know that you're in here. You guys online? Yes. Thank you, bro, Joe. All right. So we need to find rest in being the reflection of a loving God. If we look back at the image maker and we see what he sees, allow him to help us start to remove those things. This is what Brojo was just talking about earlier whenever he was talking about changing your mind, the things that are going in. Who is putting those things into your mind? So remove these things that you try to replace in the reflection that do not belong there anymore. So again, if we're standing here and we're looking at this image, if you guys that are here right now or if you guys online, if you can see into this mirror, Look into that mirror, and what does not belong there in your life? Again, I'm challenging you. I'm I'm asking you to enter into your imagination and look inside of yourself, and what does not belong in there? Now, I wanted to make it, like, awkwardly long, just staring into the mirror, but, you know, I thought, how long can I actually make that awkward whenever people are online, they're going to tune off, or how many of you guys are just going to be like, all right, I'm out. But if you're staring there awkwardly, just looking inside, you will finally start to get through the superficial of my hair, which I've already got through that, but my makeup or my clothes or, you know, my wrinkles underneath my eyes, whatever it is, you will finally start to get to the inwards is where you will start to get to. That's why, you know, uh, the Jews always referred to it as your heart, right? They knew that there was something centrally located in here that meant something to them. So a lot of times they refer to that as their heart. And then it goes into the soul. How long do you have to look at the image bearer to get to where you're seeing what's needing to be in your soul instead of what's already in there that doesn't? So you're continuing to look at that image. And I know I'm harping on this, but this is the main point of this thing is you've got the reflection of the image bearer. So I want you to keep that in your mind. You're staring into the mirror. Right now, you're looking inward to what's in there. Here's some of the things that we're going to find real quick. How about COVID-19, right? What's it bringing? Fear, questions, doubt, anxiousness, all of this stuff. Does that sound like stuff that could be placed inside of the soul real quick? does for me. I just told you on Monday I was dealing with anxiousness. I'm here. I'm speaking to you tonight on a stage platform online, and I'm dealing with anxiousness right now, and I intently was planning on speaking tonight, and I'm already dealing with anxiousness. COVID-19, we're all sitting here wearing masks you know, we're trying to figure out how are we going to do this. It's the fear of getting sick. It's the fear of wearing the mask, the fear of not wearing the mask. It's the fear that creeps into us. So again, we're looking inward. We're seeing these things. How do we get these out of there? Self-worth. Now we're really getting down the rabbit hole. Self-worth. How does that, how does that fit into all this? What is that doing for you? How many people are dying every hour of depression, especially with COVID-19 right now? They don't even know what to do. The depression is weighing so heavily on them, they would rather just take their life than try to deal with it anymore. So what is that self-worth? How is that doing down there? Shame. PD did a whole message on shame, which was mind blow. It was wonderful of the shame. He even talked about the tribe of shame, the people that we surround ourselves with, what they're saying, what they're doing. Weariness, that's the next word. We've got reflection, now we've got weariness. Your mind and body are weary right now, I promise you. If you are old enough to process any type of things that's happening in this world right now, I imagine that you're weary. Don't reach the point that you want to go back to the old because of weariness. If you're tired of looking into this mirror, you're like, Jason, I can't look at it any longer. Every time I look in that mirror, I find stuff that I don't want. I'm too tired to try to remove that. I don't want to deal with it. I'm ready for everything just to go back to the way that it was because that whenever it was like it was, I could deter my mind and just focus on what was next. But right now what COVID has done is it has given us the biggest opportunity in generations to where we can sit and look at the unrest. Okay, we have nothing else other to do than to look inward at this time. A lot of us are having to social distance by ourselves. You're able to look inward and you're finding scary things in there. And so you're like, Jason, what do I do with it whenever I get to it? When I find the things that I don't want that are down deep, how do I get rid of it? What do I do with it? Well, you remember whenever I started out talking tonight, how I said the difference between guides. There's some guides that'll get you to where you need to go. And then there's the guides that are going to walk with you. They're going to tell you about everything that's going on. They're going to give you answers. They're going to ask you questions. Those are the guides that you've got to find right now. There's not a better place than Grace Church to find those guides. If you are looking, they're sitting around you. I'm going to get down to the end of this um, sermon tonight, and I'm going to even spend a little bit more time on where you find those guides. This was a quote that I came across, I don't know, it's probably been in the men's group. I shared this with you, I think it was last month or something like that, I shared this. But it's, weariness with the burden of a situation and the exhaustion it brings is not the same thing as relief or true refuge. Weariness with the burden of a situation and the exhaustion it brings is not the same thing as relief. Again, That is us craving for things just to go back to the way that it was because we are so tired of forging this new trail and this new journey of what life is bringing us. We're weary. We're tired of it. We just want to go back. If we're not careful, all we're doing is just adding to the things deep in our soul that are just driving us crazy, that are driving us further and further and further away from the image bearer. If we're not careful, that's what's happening. So I want us to embrace this unrest. Allow this unrest in the world to become a plow in your life. As a farmer plows his fields in preparation of the new planting season, there is a new season coming. Become soil that receives the new seed. Now, I knew if I made an analogy to farming and planting that we would have a a great sermon. So I had to throw that in there. But imagine yourself being plowed up becoming new soil that God can plant and put something new inside of us. That's what I want you guys to do.